0: Sup guys, for this episode I was joined by Manny Honorisa, who I went to sixth form with, and he's Dagenham and Redbridge teammate, Alex McQueen. Academy football's at a really exciting time right now, as we are seeing a lot of academy graduates getting an opportunity in the big time. So I thought, who better than Manny and Alex, uh, two academy graduates from the West Ham Academy of Football and the Tottenham Hotspur Academy, to join me. This was raw, emotive and authentic We spoke about the highs and lows of academy football, life behind the scenes, what it was like to be taken under the wing by Premier League stalwarts like Kevin Nolan and Mark Noble, what it was like to train and play in the likes of Harry Winks and Harry Kane. Guys, you know what to do. If you love it, tell a friend to tell a friend and leave a review. Let's go. What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? footy? good afternoon chats man welcome to the podcast i'm gassed to have you here manny how you doing alex
1: yeah i'm all good you know i'm all good good to be here man yeah i'm good as well thank
0: you yeah nice no, it's been a, it's been a minute man i haven't seen you since like six one times what, what you sort of been up to and stuff
1: yeah it's been it's been a while man. i've just been grafting, man like it's just it's just life and whatever um path you take in life you got to graft through it so that's just what, I, what i've been up to really
0: yeah, so like for me anyway, like I thought obviously when I was wanted to start this podcast, that'd be good to get you on here because when I was thinking of people like behind the scenes in the game, I thought someone like yourself, with your sort of attitude and and sort of mentality, and I think right now within within football we're seeing like a lot of young players like at Chelsea United and and Arsenal getting opportunities within the first team, and just wanted to obviously bring you on here to sort of shed the light on what really happens like behind the scenes within. A, Within, uh, within academy football. And we got a question here from Sam and Sam's really asking here that obviously we're seeing young players get loads of opportunity, but what really happens behind the scenes to enable a player like a Mason Mount or a Mason Greenwood to actually be given that vote of confidence to go and, to go and play football?
1: Yeah, I think um, in, in academies, there, there's a few different, different ways you can get an opportunity with a first team. Like it's, it's scary to think that like, um, so a lot of first team um, with academies that you see, academies train with the first team a lot of the times but as a group so the first team say if they're playing against man city on a saturday they make the youth team train with the first team and act as man city so that in itself is an opportunity anytime you're in front of the manager's eye that's an opportunity to, to impress so um so imagine you're training with the first team as a mannequin or whatever it is as man city and you play well against the first team he's thinking mm, who's this player i want to see him again get him to train with us and that not, that's just the way an opportunity could happen. Um.
0: Interruption by the phone. I
1: haven't used the house phone. Anymore. Well, my house
0: phone rings, so I swear that's <laughs> But yeah, carrying on. But yeah, just just sort of on that point that you mentioned there, like training with the first team, being around that first team, like. Like I hear stories like anytime I listen to someone like Rio talking about like how they used to like drill those players, put a lot of pressure pressure on them, make it uncomfortable for them. And like we see a lot of talk within football now in the Premier League that like football's moved on, the attitude and the aptitude of young players isn't really the same. What was it like for for the for the pair of you going over and playing with those with those first team players?
2: Um I think football's changed a lot now, just in the aspect of there's a lot more money in it. So you see kids now, Chelsea, Arsenal, whatnot, getting like 30, 40,000 a week. So I think naturally their mindset is going to change a bit. Whereas mm-hmm. before, even before our generation, there was players like they're cleaning boots, they're going to get the mannequins, they're going to get the balls from the first team training and stuff. Where I, I didn't personally do that. But I think that brings like ground into football. So mm-hmm. when you see like players like Rio and the, that sort of West Ham school, they were also drilled. And I think that was just because they had so many um, so many responsibilities from a young age that they sort of just stayed grounded and went with it. And they weren't on big, big money like that. They might have been on better money than their friends at school and stuff. Mm. But I think in the football world, they were still like humbled. So I think that played a big part.
0: And and just like leading on from that, what would you say is the sort of like the values that were instilled into you? And like who around the club were those people who who sort of like... Put you on that path to, because like, although like you've obviously moved away from the academies that you came from, the education that you got there, similar to like going to uni or being on a grad scheme or or doing all those sort of stuff, there is is going to hold you in good stead for like the rest of your your playing career and life. Like, who who were those people who really who really guided you?
1: I think at West Ham um there was so many top professionals there. Um, the the main ones for me like uh, Kevin Nolan kind of took me under his wing. When I was over there, and he like he he was just a top professional where he was almost like he was a player, but it was he was, he was a coach as well. Like you, you listen to him when he spoke, and he spoke with authority. Like even the coaches would listen to him, but um yeah, him Mark Noble, um he had a few guys over there like Alex Song, they're just top professionals where they they you would watch them and see how they carry themselves in the gym and every every training session they did every drill, they they done it to hundred percent, but on the side. During breaks you see them laughing and joking, but when it was time to work, they were there they were head down ready to work. So um yeah, I think there was a, a few professionals there who who you always looked up to and yeah.
0: And just sort of following on from that, um obviously the pair of you obviously got an opportunity to be called into the first team uh match day squad. Just talk like everyone who listens to this through the process of of obviously how, how that comes about. Who did you call? Did you call your mum? Did you call your girlfriend? <laughs> like, <laughs> How did that sort of work, like, just from, from like, start to finish, really?
2: Uh, Mine sort of come out of the blue. Actually, it was a change of manager. So Tim Sherwood became the manager, who was actually my reserve coach. Mm. Um, So it was him, Chris Ramsey, Les Ferdinand. So it was a trio of them. And, like, previously before that, I'd trained first team a lot or whatnot, but never really... Never really got the opportunity to say, oh, "Okay, you're gonna play," or I've never really felt like, "All right, this weekend I'm starting." Even mm. though you might be in the shape or whatnot, it just sort of goes over your head. Mm. But we done. Um, we was doing shape all week, and um, was leading up to Europa League and Benfica, and then it was sort of like manager change all of a sudden. Then it was like, "All right, well, six of the youngsters were gonna go and travel." Um, yeah, it was a bit weird like we've got our suits made we're getting numbers um like yeah it was just crazy i think the first person i probably called my dad um yeah i told him the news and yeah that's how it went. Really. and just just even on that
0: like like as a, as a like a young player coming through like who's at that moment in your ear hole telling you that this isn't the peak like this is just the beginning like like don't get carried away like you've been called up but like, like, stay grounded, like remain remain as you are and still keep trying and working hard.
1: I think um, my under-18s manager, he, he was big on that. Um, he kept us quite grounded as, as a team because he was a West Ham legend himself. So he used to play for West Ham. So whatever he said, you listen to it attentively. But um, yeah, so as when I was playing in the youth team at the time when I got called up, it was like playing in the 18s, I got brought off at half time or after 60, 60 minutes, and I was just like, what's going on? Why have I been brought off? And I remember him saying to me, um, like, don't worry, Manny, you're not having a bad game or anything, but you've been called up to the first team, wow. and you're going to be in the first team squad. And I just looked at him like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and because, yeah, before that, I've only really trained with the first team a few times. I knew some of liked me, but I didn't know it was to that extent, because I think we were short on centre-backs at the time, and then next thing I know, I'm in the in the first team squad travelling with the first team. Mm. But um I think to keep me grounded at the time, it was it was my eighteens coach, manager at the time. And um it was Steve Potts by the way, yeah. But he just he kinda just kept us well, kept me grounded and just said, look, there's there's more to come. You keep on working hard and you reap the benefits. You just gotta keep your head and yeah, it's you got a long career, so make the most of it. Mm.
0: And and in, in terms of that sort of transition to the first team, like what you see a lot with Um, like the Ajax Academy, the Barcelona Academy, how like from top to bottom, every single age group, they play the same system, the same shape, the same formation. What was it like at West Ham and at Tottenham transferring from like being there when you were like 12 to 16 to, to that now, joining that match day squad, like what, what was that sort of transition from a style of play uh, perspective? Because obviously, Big Sam, we, we know <laughs> we know, we know, how Big Sam likes to play in it, so yeah, yeah, so,
1: um, so yeah. yeah I, th- I thought it was it, it was funny because, uh, like, during the whole academy, obviously, West Ham is the academy of football, so you play a lot of football, mm. so you play a lot of Tippy Tappy, play out from the back, and whatnot. And then when we got to 18s, 21s, we, we were still doing that, and then training for the first team, I remember um, Sam Allardyce. There was a training session where he passed it to the left-back and he wanted him to go long. And instead of going long, the left-back chopped the striker, turned back in and passed it to the centre-back. And Samaladas blew his whistle, stopped the whole session and was screaming for about 30 seconds. What the fuck you think you're doing? This, that, that. What? Like, just blasted him for 30 seconds and then looked over to the coaches and winked at them, like smiling, saying, I want to see his reaction. But that's just how the transition was. In the first team, you knew... This is the way he wants to play. Whereas mm-hmm. in Academy we we played like passing out the back and whatnot. But when you transition to the first team, it's more um points related and you need to win games. And it's so more practical, to, yeah. It's yeah. more practical. You yeah. need to play the most effective way and teams will punish you if you try and play out from the back and lose it. Whereas eighteens, twenty ones, you play out from the back, you lose it, you get another chance to get the ball back and it's not as uh cutthroat. But um yeah, it was the transition was was big and was different. You knew you can't F about all the ball at the back. You need to get up to the strikers and play in their half and put pressure on them. So, yeah, it was it was a big transition.
0: Yeah, because it's quite fascinating because I, I think like ever since, obviously, Potch has come in and Klopp and, and Guardiola as well, like we've seen like a lot of teams almost like I think Gary was saying the other day that a lot of teams are playing in a similar sort of way. Like, everyone wants the keeper to be good with the ball at their feet. Everyone wants the full-backs to play really high and get up and down. And almost, like, neglect the basics that you're taught as a kid to actually be able to defend. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, just sort of on that, obviously, like, in the academy, they teach you that you're honing those skills. Mm. Like, do you feel like that's played a part in the shift that we're seeing now? Like, with a lot of academy players coming through, that everyone's trying to play the same way. Chelsea are, Arsenal are, Liverpool are, like, Or at least... And even the smaller teams are trying to play that way as well.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think everyone knows that is... Everyone knows that is the best way of playing football. That is the most attractive way of uh, playing football. It's good on the eye and everything, but it's just very risky. So it's just a lot of people wouldn't take the risk. And only being realistic, only the top teams can do that. You see Norwich Mm. try and do it, which Norwich are at the bottom of the table. Yeah, yeah. No surprise there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it's attractive, but only top teams can do it. So... It's, it's just a risky business. People know it is nice to play out from the back and whatnot, but it's just too risky. And Klopp and Pep and everything, they've come in and done it with the best players in the world, one of the best players in the world, and have executed it effectively. But at the end of the day, West Ham couldn't do that. No offence to them, or can't do it as effective because they don't have the the players to do it, or they don't have one of the best managers in the world. So it's just... We we want to do that. Every football player wants to play out from the back and tippy tappy football, whatever it is. But you can't when you're playing against the top teams because you'll get punished. So it's just a risky business, really.
0: Yeah, and um, just just sort of like following on from that, um, as as obviously mentioned earlier, we're seeing like a lot of young players being given opportunities within the first team. Some are grabbing it, others aren't, uh, and there's this sort of, whole sort of myth that obviously like academy players are getting opportunities. Like we're seeing it at Chelsea due to the transfer ban. Um, what do you almost like feel as though is needed to to be given that opportunity into almost because obviously like the manager's seen something in you for you to to have the opportunity and even yourself, Alex. Um, I even saw that that you mentioned in the previous interview that that like had Poch coming at, at, like a year earlier before you left that you potentially would have uh, would have stayed.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, it all depends on the manager liking you. Really, my situation was a bit weird because when Pochettino came in, he sort of wanted his own sort of youngsters. Mm. Whereas I was at the age where I think I was 20 and I was sort of pushing for like, either to be involved with the first team or to go out on loan or something like that. And I just think he wanted like the 17 year olds, the 18 year olds, the ones that he could mould into his sort of style of player and coach them properly. Whereas I don't really think he had the time to do with our age group. So like everyone from the year above me or the year below me sort of left. And I think it was only, it's only what Harry Winks that's left. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just about timing, really. Um, I think a key thing is to be adaptable. Like, if you can adapt to each manager, I think that will put you in good stead because a lot of managers want different things. So, mm. if you can sort of survive manager to manager, I think, yeah, you'll, you'll go far.
1: That's, that's very true. I think to add on
2: to that as well is the situation with the club. So you get
1: a new manager, if the club's not doing too well, then they're not going to look at youngsters. Mm-hmm. If we're at the bottom of the table, you just, you brought in a new manager to survive relegation, he's not going to be thinking, yeah, let's bring in some youngsters to breed in and strengthen our squad. No, he's going to be thinking, let's get experienced players that played in the league that can do a job for us. So um, it just depends on the situation of the club. You have a manager that's been there for five, six years. He's established, the chairman trusts him, Um, the fans trust him. So he thinks, yeah, like, bring in a few youngsters now so it's, it just depends on how the the support from the club the manager and himself and the whole situation of the club to, to breed youngsters through like Arsene Wenger at Arsenal he's been there for several years where if you brought in a youngster everyone kind of trusts him to think oh okay mm-hmm. that's fine but imagine you just get a new manager now and the club's not doing too well the last thing he's going to think about is bringing a youngster through so it all depends on where the club is on the table what kind of manager he is and yeah, the support he has from the chairman and whatnot.
0: Yeah. And and, and I definitely feel like that's quite fascinating because like, it'd be good to know that like, when you guys were obviously at the academy, was there any pressure from above to like, like from David Gold and and the likes of those people there, and Daniel Levy to push young players through, because like you look at someone like a club like Man City who built a huge training complex yeah. and spending a lot of money on on young players, and like surely there must be someone breathing down Pep's neck saying. Listen. Just give Phil Ferdinand in the game. Like we're, we're gonna win this game free. No, Just just give him a game. Just give the kid a game. So, yeah. like, was there anyone like breathing down the manager's neck or
1: um, not? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. Not that I'm aware of. But um, I think as like big teams or what they all have um, requirements and ambitions or aims. So certain teams might say, look, we want to put push through so and so youngsters into the first team or training with the first team. This year, So they might have a target and say, look, they want three young, uh, young players. I remember at Brentford, they used to have a target saying, I think one youngster pushes into the first team every season. Sounds like my manager mode on FIFA. <laughs> as a first team player and get at least two uh, B team players training with the first team mm. week in, week out. And it was just that like, these goals help breed and um, the transition from young player to, to the first team more um, easily. So it just depends on the the club. I can't remember if that was the case at West Ham because obviously I was young at the time. But um, I know that that does happen, that different
2: clubs have different requirements. Um, You know, it's it's hard because when you're at like a bigger team, they could literally go on YouTube and buy the best youngster on there. Mm. So I think it's harder for them to give younger players opportunities who come through the academy when they're seeing, like, players... Like or, Martinelli, for example. You yeah, see the guy he yeah. scored yesterday. It's just <laughs> crazy. Exactly, <yeah. laughs> exactly. Like, you've, like, Arsenal bought him for however much, mm. but there probably is a left winger in in the Arsenal... He's been there since he was, here, like, yeah, seven, there, yeah. He's been there since he was young. He's probably thinking, oh, rah, like, I've been here for, what, 15 years or something, and yeah. you've just gone and bought someone else, and you're not even giving me a chance and mm. stuff like that. So I think, like, stuff like that happens a lot. But whereas if you're at like a smaller club, um, they haven't got the capabilities to do that. Yeah. So you're more likely to get a chance if they're doing OK in the league, like Manny said, because they're not going to bring in 10 youngsters and own a relegation zone. that's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. But if they're like a steady club and whatnot, they can afford to bring through because that's their sort of business plan. So they'll rather bring in youngsters to get bought by like the Arsenal, the cities, and whatnot and go from mm-hmm.
0: there. Another question that we got here is that like football academies have become like a like a massive, almost like a massive social experiment with the lives of of young boys, and in the, in the fact that like if you if you're that superstar and, and and you can make it, you're straight into the first team, and you've saved a club like fifty million pounds and buying like a centre back who's probably in another league that has to come over here and take time to adapt. Yeah. Or if it doesn't work out for you, they can obviously like make a profit, sell you on. Um, and drip feed you throughout the system. So, like, what's your sort of views on football academies, the support they've given you guys? Have you obviously moved on with your careers, and and whether whether they're just like a money making machine? Like, I've I've seen even like a, with City, like they let the Angelina uh, Angelina guy go, yeah. and they they bought him back like a couple months later for five million pounds. And like, is that yeah, it's nuts. is that like like what's your sort
1: of views and, and, and sort of take on that? um i think so yeah i think i think football academies um like to break it down from the start like a lot of people want to be footballers that's the reality so everyone almost every kid growing up wants to be a footballer so when you get to that age and you get into an academy academies are sport for choice like you as bad as it sounds you're replaceable like no one is actually so special that at an academy, can't find another kid just like them. Mm. So it's in that culture, is, they, they're they looking for the next best thing. So if you're not good enough or if you are good enough, then they will invest in you. But if you're not, then you're out of that life and you get released and then they're on to the next one. Mm. But if you are good enough, then maybe they'll get that price tag of 50 million or whatever it is. But it's just their spot for choice. So there's so many footballers out there. Like you're not special. Mm. You're just one. So at the end of the day, you owe it to yourself to be the best you can possibly be. But if you're not good enough, then they're just onto the next thing. They're looking for the next best thing. There's too many footballers for them to be just obsessed with just one person. So, um, yeah. So, I don't know if I've deviated from the point. Yeah, bit, no, no, no. That's, that's definitely yeah, spot yeah.
0: on, glass I was just going to yeah. ask that, like, even... You don't have to mention any names, but even, like, within your own age groups that you guys came through, yeah. like, there must be a player that you've seen there and you thought he's not better than me. Yeah. (laughs) You must be sat there thinking, hang on a minute, this guy's not better than me, but there's something, whether it's like their mental attitude, hunger and their drive and it's something beyond just talent.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the point. Everyone's good at football. The reality situation is everyone is very similar in in terms of talent-wise. So what makes you different? Mm. So it's either the the hunger, um, your discipline and something about you to make a manager turn around and be like, I could yeah, trust I like this him. guy, yeah. Yeah, I could trust this guy. Like he brings something different to someone else. But at the end of the situ- at the end of the day is if you just think being good makes you good enough, you're wrong. Because mm-hmm. everyone else can do that same step over you can do and <laughs> and twist and turn <laughs> and make that same pass you can make. So what makes you different? Yeah, you gotta have something like different about you, either is your hunger or your drive and running through a brick wall for your teammates and knowing if I go to battle, he's gonna to go to battle with me. Like that 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 or being a character and a leader in the gesture room to to bring your troops through to bring your players through with you when times are tough and you're going through a bad spell, so it's just that different characteristic and going beyond the call of duty that makes you stand out to to a manager and think, yeah, I like this guy, and that's 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 who I wanna bring through to the first team but, yeah. um
2: yeah what do you what do you think um I don't know, I feel like you have to be so good in an aspect of your game and then limit your weaknesses as such. Cause mm. Managers always think like, for instance, who is the like, like the typical stigma with wingers is they don't know how to defend or they switch off, stuff like that. But if you're so good on the ball mm. and 90% of the time you're switched on defensively, a manager's going to trust you more than the winger who's who's the best winger in the world but don't defend, yeah. Yeah. especially in this day and age. Pep. Yeah, like it, Pep's not gonna Pep have that, Klopp's Mourinho. not gonna have that. Mourinho's not gonna have that. Yeah, <laughs> Mourinho's not that. The way he's set up against Liverpool, he's definitely not having that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, like Mourinho plays players like Matic and players yeah. like that because he knows what he's gonna get out of them. This guy, the guy I think game. I
0: read um, an article from years ago and there's, like, Joe Cole, like, how he just he used to bench him, like, in some of the, like, the big yeah. the big six games because he wasn't having none of that, like, mm-hmm. trickery and, exactly. and, yeah, and like, wizardry that, that Joe Cole had.
2: So. Robert, and he keeps signing Fellaini and players like that. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're thinking, what else? Like, player, no, obviously, I'll take Fellaini's career anyway. But, yeah, yeah. but, like, Fellaini isn't special in the football world. Mm. But for him to keep He just gets playing, the job done, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, he's responsible and, like you know what you're going to get of him, game in, game out. And like, that's what managers like it.
0: And obviously, like, with the pair of you, like, obviously, you've been graduates of, of two of, like, the best academies that anyone could dream of of being at. What's, what's like, life um, after that really been like for you guys? Obviously, you're both playing at Dagenham right now and obviously, you've been through the Football League system. Like, I even read that that you even played at, at Anfield and you even <laughs> scored a penalty in the cup end. Like, <laughs> like what like what a story uh, to tell your grandkids, true. mate. What a story.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's been up and down. Um, obviously, when you're in, like, Tottenham and West Ham and stuff, you're in a bit of, like, a bubble or something. Mm. A <laughs> <The> big bubble. <laughs> <laughs> like, everything sort of just, like, driven to, I'm going to play in the Prem. And, mm. like, you're thinking, like, like what is League 2? What is the conference and stuff? Mm. Um, just because you're so mm. focused on I'm going to play here at Tottenham, I'm not going anywhere else, I don't want to go on loan, I don't want to do this. Mm. And then as you get older, like when you start reaching 20, 21, 22, your opportunities change, how you look at football is different. Mm. You start to look at, all right, I want to go on loan, I want to play games, I want to do this, I want to do that. Um, So yeah, I mean, I left Tottenham, went to Carlisle, played a lot of games there and it was going well as such. And then obviously there's loads of different, like loads of different, Politics and aspects and as such in football. Mm. So, like, I wanted to move on and whatnot, but you've got all these compensation rules and stuff like that. So, everything's a bit difficult now, but I mean, everything happens for a reason in my eyes. So, mm. if I wasn't meant to go then, or if I'm here at Dagenham now, and we're doing well, we're on to, uh, we're on to, we're on the up now.
0: Yeah, it could be a late push for promotions, yeah. uh, playoff places as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the aim to get mm. the player. If not, then hopefully we'll go and do it next year. Mm. But I mean, everything's sort of changing around the club, so in a positive way. So hopefully now we could just push on and you never know really. Yeah, I
1: think um, following from that, when you get into the ages of, uh, after graduating from West Ham and leaving, when you get into like first team, first team ages, 20, 21, uh, you you start to think, or you start to understand the most important thing in football is playing games. Mm. And, as, as mad as it doesn't matter what level if you're playing a national league, league one, league two mm-hmm. champ, the most important thing is playing games. If you're at a Premier League team and sitting on the bench not playing, you're you're just as good as someone who's injured and not playing in the game because the game changes every six months. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It doesn't matter if you sign a a five year deal, a six year deal, a four year deal, you have six months to, to, to prove and uh, to prove yourself. Mm-hmm. Because what happens in six months is January window, um, end of the season, they bring in new players to strengthen. And if you're not doing well, then you're on to the next one. You're getting shipped out on loan. So, in them ages, the most important thing is playing first team week in week out, because then you're on the shop window. People can actually see what you can do. There's no point saying, "Oh yeah." Come and sign this player. He's a good player when I can't see him playing no games. You're showing me clips of playing in the, in the <laughs> reserves or doing, <laughs> chopping, chopping guys and training. That doesn't mean anything. I need to, to come and watch you on a Saturday, sit in the stand and say, oh, this is what he's doing in front of um, 20,000 fans, in front of 1,000 fans, in front of 500 fans, doing what you say he can do. So that's the most important things. And you see like a lot of footballers, you, you, you hear, oh, he's been to 10 different teams. You check on the Wikipedia, um, you get the adabai yours. <laughs> the, <laughs> that's been to like 15, 20 different teams and all for the reason of playing. Yeah. Like that's the most important thing. Like, whenever a player moves from one team to another, I'm sure it's because he wants to play games. Whether you're moving down to the side on loan, the most important thing is games, games, mm-hmm. games. And that's what matters. So every decision a player makes will be to play games. So I think that's the, that's one of the biggest things that I learned coming out of um, academy football because I thought when I was there with Sam Maladais and I was thinking, yeah, I'm going to play first team in the Premier League and on the bench for Arsenal, I'm thinking I can come on here mm. and I can make my Premier League debut. But as we as Alex said, everything happens for a reason. Mm. But moving on from that, every decision I've made is to play games because that's, that's the most important thing. And that's what I will continue to do through, through the rest of my career. But like, then,
0: like, but then like, even with that, like that must be like a really, really... Tough, tough decision to really make because, like, yeah. I look at someone like Phil Foden who has bags of ability, and I compare him to like a Jadon Sancho who just thought, "I'm getting out of it." Yeah, and he's gone to Germany, playing week, yeah, week yeah. out, exactly. playing in week out, playing the Champions League, scoring exactly. in the new camp, going to yeah. start fringing in the Euros, and Phil Foden's going to be sitting at home on ITV. <laughs> ITV one watching <laughs> watching him on TV, but it's like, yeah. like they're both two players of the same amount of level, but Phil's. Has that hope and has that has that future Potential, that yeah. that like David Silva going to retire at the end of the season, he'll take his place. But what's going to stop a Pep Guardiola from coming in and saying bringing another bringing like another seventy million pound Kevin De Bruyne? So
1: yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. I think there are exceptions to the rule, like Phil Foden. I think he's probably an exception to that rule. But mm. in in general, I would say to any player, get out and learn or go somewhere else where you're going to play. But Phil Foden, maybe he is the exception to that rule because mm. he is. With the amount of potential and how Pep sees him and views him, he won't let him go out alone. Mm. So it's not, it's not down to him. It's not his, his choice, but um, Pep sees him as the next 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 big thing for him. And what's that
0: process of, of wanting to go out and learn? Like is it the manager coming to you and saying that or is it you just banging on his door saying, Get me out of here? Like, <laughs> like, get me out of it. Um it's
1: it's mainly it's mainly the club but it's a joint it's a joint decision. So if the club sees and, and says to you, look, I think as part of my plan the next step for you is to go out and develop um somewhere else and get consistent games because we can't give you that as a team mm. then that will be the decision made from the, the coach, the manager or if you personally think, oh, look, I'm not getting enough games here and I want to go and get games somewhere else and you speak to the gaffer and say, look, gaffer, can I go out on loan? Um, at the end of the day, it's for him to make the decision and say yes or no. But it's all, yeah, it's really dependent on the gaffer. But you can,
2: like, say, what do you think
1: about that? You can say if you wanted to. Or...
2: Um, yeah, I think it depends what age you're at as well. Um, but when you're sort of, in and around the first team, I guess you could you have more of a relationship with the manager, so you could mm-hmm. sort of, um, you could sort of tell him about that. But I mean, when you're younger, I think if a club's interested in you, they'll, they'll sort of come to you if if they think it's right. If not, I think I don't think they'll always tell you personally. But if they think it's right for you, they'll come and be like, "Look, what do you think of this? Blah blah blah. This mm-hmm. club wants to take you for this period. It'll be good for your development and whatnot." Um, but yeah, if you're older, I think that you could. Yeah, you could speak to them about that and sort of push it more. Especially if you're not getting minutes or if you're not playing or something. I think it makes sense. For I um,
0: I definitely feel like the, the loan system is really underutilised. Like, if I look at players who've had, like, really good and decent Prem careers, like a Jack Wilshere mm. and a Daniel Sturridge, like, their careers were made on what they learned by going out on loan to, like, a like a Bolton in their case. Yeah. Um, and, like, more and more players need to, need to push. Because I feel like that's where you can... Like see a different style of play, like in the yeah. Premier League, like it's more crisp. Like you have to, like make decisions quite quickly. Whereas in the Championship, I, I was listening to Bradley Johnson talking about how like you can get away with like losing the ball and and how like the speed of the game is different and yeah. and uh, and yeah, but uh, yeah, go on.
1: Yeah, no, I think um, there's there's some sometimes there's a bit more factors than just going out on loan and it, say if you're on in a in a Premier League team and you're on big money it's hard for for you to get out on loan because teams can't afford to pay for you mm. unless the say if you're on 20,000 a week you want to go on loan to a championship team or a league 1 team who are paying their players 5,000 a week mm. how are they going to afford a 20,000 cuz when you go out on loan the team normally takes over your salary for that period of time unless your parent club says look you pay 5,000 yeah. and we'll pay 15 so th- that's why there's a bit more factors than just saying, Oh yeah, look, I wanna go out on loan and so on, so there's the financial aspect as well. If a team can afford you and if your club's willing to pay and not be using you, like pay on, on, on for your on behalf of your development. But yeah, I do agree, more players should go out on loan and learn different side of the game.
0: And just to just to sort of like round up um obviously like you guys like when you were in the academies, you'd have played with and against some players who are like now currently obviously in the Premier League or in and around the Premier League, like who was the one player that that is playing right now that you're proper digging that you used to come up against and
1: uh, and compete with <laughs> um yeah i think that I think there's a couple like uh Adamola Lookman. he went to my school mm. and when I went to Brentford, I played against him at Charlton. And I remember him scoring a banger from outside the <laughs> box. Because <laughs> all through school, I've always told him how good he is. He's in a year below me. And then to see him actually do that and play against him, I was just like, yeah, you're a different class. And then he went up yeah, to the first player, team, yeah. banging in goals for Charlton and then played, scored against Man City, I think. What was it? Well, scored against someone anyway. Was it Everton? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it Man City, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And then playing in the prem and doing well, and then now yeah. in Germany. Germany yeah, yeah. So yeah, there, there's a few time Abraham was good as well. Mm. Um, yeah, there's 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 quite a few. Alex Welby was good. But yeah, now nah, the <laughs> there is it's just nuts to think you were playing with them in youth team, playing against them, mm. and these players weren't fully developed then. And now to see some of them fulfilling their
2: potential and doing really well in the prem, that's nah, good. No man, that's brilliant. How about you? Um, actually, one of them just came back. Do you remember um, Nabil? What's his last name? Nabil Bentaleb. He just okay, yeah, yeah, Bentaleb. yeah, yeah. So he left Tottenham, so we were in the same youth team and whatnot, and he went on to play first team more. Mm. And he moved to Schalke, yeah. signed a like, five-year deal, scored he scored against City in the Champions League, I think, two pens. Mm. Um He's just gone on loan to Newcastle. Oh, yeah, decent, you know. yeah, so yeah. he literally signed there yesterday or two days ago or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he he was one of them for me, and maybe uh, Josh onward at Fulham. Okay, yeah, yeah, he was sort of like golden boy at Tottenham. Um, and he had a lot of pressure on him, but I I see him doing really well now. So he's he's signed there on a perm. Mm. So hopefully now he'll play loads of games and then just go straight back up. But like, just 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 to
0: just sort of on that point, like, um. In terms of like belief, what do you think is that thing that, or that message that you just like send out to people out there in terms of like believing and still like still hoping for stuff? Or
2: I would probably just say to run your own race. Mm. That would probably be my biggest thing because I mean, obviously, social media and all of this stuff now is hard. To, to not see someone there getting a move to this club or mm. playing this game and you think, rah, like, I used to be better than them or stuff like that. So I think now, like, you just need to do what you do to the best of your ability. Do the stuff outside of football, like, I don't know, your gym, your physio, eating right, living right. Like, Manny's probably sick. He's better than me at, like, the whole <laughs> diet <laughs> stuff and <laughs> the gym stuff. But yeah, I mean, like, stuff like that, I'd, I'd stick to that, do that. And when your time's when it's your time it's your time mm. so and no one could actually take that away from you so yeah, i think that's, that's my, good that's my sort of biggest lesson yeah um
1: i think my my biggest is self-development so um the the most important thing you can do is work on yourself mm. and what what you need to realize is we live in a world where being good isn't good enough like pe- people 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 get complacent and people are happy with just doing the bare minimum what they need to get by but in this world that we live in, you gotta do more. Like everyone's just as good as you. Everyone's mm. got the same arms and legs, the same speed as you. You gotta do something different. You gotta do something more. So um my whole thing is just about doing more. Like self. and one more thing is to to sacrifice. I feel like everyone who got to where they wanted to be in life had to sacrifice what they are for what they could possibly become. So like sacrificing the the little thing. So sacrificing going to a party on and, um and or going out with your friends rather than working on yourself like Mm. sacrifice being on your phone rather than using that extra hour in the gym like to to sacrifice what you are now to sacrifice the comforts of life now to to be what you want to be when you get older to to reach your ambition and that's the that's one of my drives and one of my motivations to to sacrifice all of this fun and all of what I'm doing now for a better future for a better life and yeah to do more that's that's the biggest no, thing. That's definitely, more. that's
0: definitely brilliant, man. It's going to end up being like a UG motivation. <laughs> clip, <bruv>. <laughs> 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 yeah, but man. yeah, just just to like round up, a, and the last question that we always ask people is what the footy needs to change within, <laughs> and in this case, uh, academy football. Um, like, what do you think needs to change really? For us to keep on seeing more young players coming through, seeing people still believing that they can still achieve what um, they set to achieve and...
2: I don't know, maybe we should put in, like, a a requirement, like, an official requirement that a certain amount of youngsters have to play. I don't know if that... There used to be, like, homegrown... Homegrown team, rules you know, and stuff like that, yeah. That that there's ways around that. Like That was just, like, they have to be in a squad or have a squad number or something yeah, like that. Yeah. But I think there should be, like, you have to play, like, two new faces a season or something like mm. that. And just, like... But not just play them one game, but they have to play, like, five games or something. Yeah. So you can really see what they can do Th- there's
0: one that I've got on my uh, on my manager mode right now and it's like I've got to play um, two youngsters that are signed in the first season for half the games of the season and so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah yeah, which yeah. is which is a pretty yeah, so pretty strenuous like strenuous <laughs> strenuous, <laughs> <laughs> strenuous task but yeah when they're like 63 overall rated but yeah yeah like yeah. literally something
2: like that obviously that's that's drastic though because you don't know how it would turn out but yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah like that would be sick mm. something along them lines where you have to sort of push people through it's good. Yeah, it's,
1: it's, it's a hard one, man. I think um, a lot of players, a lot of young players need to get out on loan, need to, but it's hard to say that because the teams they're going out on loan to are, are fighting for their livelihoods, mm. so a lot of them are fighting to stay in the football league, a lot of them are fighting for points and they might not want a youngster who doesn't understand the meaning of playing for free points and playing for their livelihoods mm. because they think, oh, you're just going to go back to your academies, you don't know, like it means a lot to us, so it's hard, but I think if it was possible to get, as as many as possible uh, a lot of young players getting out there playing men's football mm. because that's the most important thing that's all that matters like 23's don't mean anything like you, you win you lose you go home you're all happy blah 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 you get paid the same but First team, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? First team, you don't do well, you get relegated, your your wages get cut by half, your wages get cut by 25%. You get promoted, it's a big deal. Your wages go up, by your wages get double. Mm. You, you get bonuses, you get you get promoted to the Premier, you get 100 grand, something crazy like that. Like It means a lot to, to be out and learn and play men's football. I think mm. that's the most important thing, but it is easier said than done. And I know there's a lot of factors to it, but I would say if possible that is the most important thing to, to do. And I think uh, to, to say to a lot of aspiring people in, in terms of football or whatever you do in life is situation changes all the time and more so in football. Like, as I said, six months, it could be a day, it could be a week, whatever situation you're in, it's going to change. Mm-hmm. Either for the better or for the worse, as bad as it sounds, it's going to change. Nothing stays the same. I can't think of one person's career who has just stayed good or the same through the whole career. It's impossible. I couldn't name you one person even Mark Noble would have had times when he's going through hard times a bad patch like new managers coming in and new stuff man- like- yeah, yeah exactly yeah. like everyone's situation changes you just gotta be best prepared as you can possibly be for that change and adapt as Alex said to, to, to the change and mm. yeah that's why you always gotta better yourself and be ready for that change whenever it comes
0: but guys man it's been an absolute pleasure having you having <laughs> yeah. you on the podcast wishing that's you right. guys All the best for the rest of the season, man. And, uh, yeah, if you loved what you you were listening to, not liked it, if you loved it, uh, make sure you leave a review. And, and, yeah, thank you, guys. Cheers. Cheers, man. What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? What the
2: footy? Keep up with Team USA with gig speeds over Wi-Fi from Xfinity. Can your internet do that? Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Requires gig internet and compatible gateway. Gig speed Wi-Fi is shareable across all devices. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Xfinity, proud partner of Team USA. New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced full-bodied blend brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that. Because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or re-hung? Enjoy a medium, hotter iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply.